Welcome to the teaching ministry of Steve Franklin. Steve's calling is to coach champions in the kingdom of God. Our prayer for you as you listen to this word of encouragement and instruction is that you'll be built up in your faith and encouraged to take the next step in your development as one of God's true champions. Here's Steve. Turn with me, church, please, to the book of Luke, chapter 1, please. Luke, chapter 1. What a special day. For Dean and me, for the church, and for this precious family. One thing I learned a long time ago, I've served five church staffs, a Christian school, and had our own ministry for 25 years. You don't mess up Mother's Day. (laughs) Isn't that right? Lisa, Cobby, you don't mess up Mother's Day. Hope everybody is hearing that uh, loud and clear. If you are a mother, you are chosen by God. Can I tell you something? There is no higher calling than being chosen by God to be a carrier of life. It is not a biological function. Many women can do that. You are not a mother simply because you have birthed a child. You are a mother because you are used by God to exhibit the character of the Heavenly Father to your children. That's what makes you a mother. We have people in our church who were orphaned, and I always encourage them. There may have been someone who physically birthed you, but your mother is the one who lived and sacrificed and suffered and prayed for and stuck with and nurtured you. It is a choice of God. I want us to look today at some principles out of the life of the most beloved, revered mother in all of the Bible. There are denominations who hold the mother of Jesus in a place almost equal to him. But by far the most revered mother in all of history is Mary. Let's look at Luke chapter 1 and let's see about her response to the choice of God that she would be a mother. Verse 26, in the sixth month the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed legally just as binding in that culture as marriage, more, more so than engagement in Western culture, betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, 
highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed, supernaturally favored by God are you among women. Notice her response to the announcement that she would be chosen to be a mother. <laughs> but when she saw him, the angel, she was troubled at his saying. Y'all know the difference between being troubled and being worried? Worry sin. Worry means that you have taken on yourself the responsibility for an outcome you can't fix. Scripture says certain people, even Jesus, became troubled. What does that mean? There is a troubling in your inner man that causes you, if you respond right, to go to God for the results, to seek Him at a higher level, to recognize that this rumbling in your inner man is something only He can answer. She was troubled at His saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Notice she was surprised. She was troubled. And notice what her response was after he told her the plan that the Holy Spirit would conceive in her womb. Verse 34. Mary said to the angel, how can this be? Since I do not physically, intimately, sexually know a man. And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overcome you, overshadow you. And that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Then in the beauty and the, just the grace of our Lord, He gave her a tangible, in the earth, a, a, a powerful testimony of encouragement she could see with her eyes. How many of you know sometimes you don't need faith, you just need a little encouragement? Faith is what accesses you to God. Encouragement is what keeps you listening and going forward. And sometimes you don't need any more faith. If you got some the size of a grain of mustard seed, you could move mountains if you would use it. Sometimes you just need some encouragement. And so the angel said, Elizabeth, your relative, has conceived a son in her, her old age. She's six months along, for with God nothing will be impossible. And so Mary said, verse 38, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, here I am, Lord. Let, listen to this, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. God chooses mothers. Godly mothers are chosen. It, may be, it is okay to know that you may be surprised or troubled or puzzled and even overwhelmed as long as your response is submission. Be it done unto me 
according to your word. Some of you mothers are in an overwhelming place in your life right now. You don't know what in the world you're going to do. It's way over your head. Would you say to the Lord, be it done unto me according to your word. You chose me to be the mother of this child. I know many of you here today have been and truly are suffering because of your own child's suffering. I don't know how to answer that except to tell you two things. Number one, God's grace is always greater than your pain. And number two, for whatever reason, whatever reason, and I don't understand it, God knew that you could handle the depths of that pain in a way that would eventually bring glory to Him. God chose Mary. Her response was not exactly what we would go to a Christian conference and expect, but it was In the end, she said, be it done to me according to your word. Do you know that sometimes we've got it kind of wrong about what a godly mother looks like? Did you know that a godly mother can miss it sometimes? Listen to me, mothers. God never called you to be perfect. He called you to walk in submission to Him, to love, to pray, to nurture, and even to suffer when necessary, to intercede, but He never called you to get it all right. And if you believe that the mantle of the Lord is for you to always get it all right, you're going to be incredibly frustrated in your inner man. In fact, I will tell you this, as a long-term pastor, the more you think that you have to get it right, not only are you going to become more and more frustrated, but you are going to frustrate your children more than you'd like. Let's go to the right just a bit there in chapter 2 of Luke. We find out that after Jesus had become 12 years old, verse 40 says, He, Jesus, the child grew, became strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. And look at verse 41, chapter 2 of Luke. His parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem according to the custom of the feast. And when they had finished those days as they returned, the boy Jesus lingered behind in Jerusalem. And Joseph and his mother did not know it. You might say, how could you lose your son? Look at verse 44. Supposing him to be in the company There was a major crowd. Read on. They went a day's journey. Now remember, they weren't on a train. They weren't in a vehicle. 
They were going by camelback, donkey, walking. They went a day's journey and sought him among their relatives and acquaintances who were a big company. Don't you understand that Jewish families in those days, don't you understand that after Jesus, the Bible tells us that Jesus had four brothers and and sisters. So when you add grandparents and uncles and aunts and nephews and listen this was a big company of people and no wonder it a day later they just thought he were playing with the other kids they noticed he was not here they did what you and I would have done they panicked verse 45 when they did not find him they returned to Jerusalem seeking him now, so it was after three days, three days, panicked, looking for your child, three days. They found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, that is, the teachers of the Jewish law, the Old Testament, both listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. Now look at verse 48. So when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said to him, Son, why have you done this to us? Does that sound to you like gentle, kind, little meek? Mary, or after three days of looking for that boy, would it have sounded like, Son, why have you done this to us? Isn't it, isn't it wonderful that the Lord would give us that in recorded Holy Scripture? Problem is, we don't even think about it. Look, she said, verse 48, your father and I, you ever hear that growing up? Your dad and I, your father and I have sought you. We've been looking everywhere for you. And he said to them, why did you seek me? Did you not know? After everything the Father has told you, after all even angels telling you about my purpose, did you not know that I must be about my Father's business? But they did not understand the statement he spoke to them. Do you know that even godly women, even the Virgin Mary, was wrong? Did you know that you can be a godly mother and be wrong? Did you know that it's okay for you to not to get everything right? You hadn't failed in your mission. Did you know that you can be too protective? Did you know that, I mean, that's just your instincts. Did you know that sometimes you don't understand 
fully understand the calling and the mission that God has for your children. And sometimes you may not really understand, listen to me mothers, that sometimes that calling on your child may not look the way you thought it was going to look. That doesn't mean you're not a godly mother. It means that you're human. It means that you are a loved daughter of the king, but it means that you're in this struggle with the rest of us and you need to seek the Lord. Mark chapter 3 tells us that at one point in Jesus' ministry, long after he started his ministry at 30, Mary was still having some problems. Do you know that? You thought it went away when he was 12? No, no, no. Jesus was a grown man. He was in the middle of his ministry. And Mark 3 tells us, verses 31 to 35, not time to turn there, that Jesus' mother and his brothers came to exert their authority and started calling. He was ministering to a crowd. And they started calling him to stop that and come listen to them, assumedly, to go on back to the house. Did you know that sometimes even godly mothers do not see that the Father has a special and unique assignment for their child And even Mary and even you are not in charge of what that is. I'm sorry, mothers. I wanted to be sweet today. This is a word God gave me, and I have to say it. I have to do what He tells me to do. You're a steward, you're not an owner. It's so hard not to cross the line sometimes. Godly mothers are to be honored, but they're not to be worshipped. Do you know sometimes without knowing it, because of what is said and what is demanded, and even what is passed down from generation to generation, sometimes mothers are put on such a high pedestal that in your inner man you don't think you could ever get there. Sometimes we need to understand that a a mother that is on a pedestal can keep you in bondage. Being a godly mother is not about being granted a place of worship. It's about being loved and respected and forgiven and shown grace and I want to say to so many here today it is not dishonorable for you to give your grown mother as a grown as a grown child it is not dishonorable 
for you to ask your mother to give you the grace to do what you believe and know the Lord has called you to do. That is not dishonor. You can do it in a dishonoring way, but the essence of it is not dishonoring. Godly mothers. What are you trying to say, Pastor? You need to relax, godly mothers, and know you are not supposed to be God in your child's life. You need to relax and know you can't fix all of their issues. Whether they're two or 52. You need to relax and know that God Almighty chose you to be their mother, but not to be their Lord. You need to relax and to enjoy the uniqueness of where your child is in their own journey in understanding the love and grace of God. And you need to be confident that whatever you see today, whatever level of struggle you see in them, you need to relax and know that God Almighty will intervene and He will be faithful. And you need to understand that the middle of the book is not the final chapter. God is at work, both to will and to do, of His good pleasure. Chosen by God, it's a high calling to be a mother. Sometimes the ministry of being a godly mother involves suffering. I want to show you a verse that almost is never read at Christmas time. Would you go back, please, to chapter 2 of Luke? You know what we did a few minutes ago with Jewel Marsh? Why would we do something like that? Is that just something that somebody made up the church ought to do? How many of you have been around this church long enough to know that if that's just something we saw somewhere and it's not in the Word, we don't do it? Notice this. The parents of Jesus, look at verse 27, chapter 2. This is talking about a prophet. But I want you to see that Joseph and Mary brought Jesus as a baby into that faith family, into that place of worship where there was spiritual leadership and authority. You notice there was a, a man named Simeon there who was prophetic in his gifting, an older man. Verse 27, this older man Simeon came by the Spirit into the temple and when the parents, Mary and Joseph, brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him in his arms and blessed God. They brought him to be dedicated by spiritual, the priest in, in the presence of spiritual leadership. And, and Simeon said, Lord, now 
You're letting your servant depart in peace. I can die in peace now. According to your word, my eyes have seen your salvation, which you've prepared before the face of the people, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and glory to your people, Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken by this older prophet named Simeon. Now watch this. Then Simeon blessed them. Why do you think that spiritual leadership, why do you think that pastor and elders and church pronounce blessings? Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is designed for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign which will be spoken against. Yes, verse 35 A sword will pierce through your own soul also. You don't hear that much about Mary being told that, do you? It's all joy and laughter. Listen to me, godly women. Sometimes God chooses a child. To have such a higher mission. That watching him or her suffer will be like a sword in your soul. And you will have to surrender to it. There is enormous reward to this kind of suffering, even if it is deferred in your eyes to heaven. The greatest love there is is redemptive love. That means somebody paid a price for somebody else to know and have something. Godly mothers surrender even if the child has a high calling and are willing to have the sword through their own heart, not by choice, but by assignment. Godly mothers have a mighty blessing from God. There is no higher honor than to be chosen as the carrier of life. Are y'all listening to me, women? Y'all check out on me if you want to, man. I, listen, I won't, I, I, I'm telling you, God's given me this to tell you women today. I'm telling you, God has given me this to tell you women today. Are you listening? I love you. No higher calling than to be chosen by God to be the carrier of a life in your own womb, the carrier of a life that will never be extinguished. When you birth a child, 
The only thing about that child that's going to die is this old stuff right here. That real child is going to live forever. Forever. And you were chosen by God Almighty, the Father and Creator of all of life, to be the carrier of that life. What a mighty and a holy calling. A godly woman. I can't go on any farther, but I, uh, uh, I've got to tell you about something that happened to me this week. I haven't told anybody. Not even the greatest mother I've ever known seen my own wife. And if you don't hear a thing I say, or you've been checking out and hadn't heard a thing, you do everything you can do to shut out every distraction and you listen to what I'm about to tell you. I don't do this very often. Sitting in a familiar chair where I seek the Lord on a daily basis in my home. The Lord gave me something that I have to share with you. It's surprising. But I am under assignment to tell you this today, and this is for somebody. It's none of my business to know who. All I'm supposed to do is be obedient to the Lord. Somebody or somebody's here today, when you try to approach the Lord in your own prayer, you are having a real issue and a problem. Because when you try to pray and approach the Lord, somewhere in your inner man is an inner image of your mother. And it's blocking your ability to be able to even begin to get a glimpse of the Lord and His throne and His presence. Your mother is always in that inner image in your inner man when you're pursuing the Lord. It is not a pleasant thing. You have never been able to seem to live up to her expectations. In fact, she gave you a whole lot more expectation than affirmation. I said she gave you a lot more expectation than affirmation. And it's blocking your ability to hear the Lord. Her words her actions, hurts, it still haunts you. You never seem to be able to live up. The Lord invites you 
He even requires you to deal with that image that you have in your inner man. He requires it. There are two things you have to do. Number one, you have to ask the Lord for your own forgiveness. Why me? Why should I ask the Lord to forgive me? Because you are going to have to ask the Lord to forgive you for allowing your mother to have that place of prominence in you that no one on this earth should ever be given but your Lord. No one. You have to take ownership that somehow you've allowed what she thinks of you, what she expects from you, or the fact that she may not be pleased with you. You're going to have to take ownership and go before the Lord and say, God, I am sorry for allowing somebody else, even somebody as precious as a mother, I am sorry for allowing anybody to have that presence, that position. You tell me you shall have no other gods before me, and you have allowed your mother or either her image or her memory to keep you locked down in a place of bondage. You have to ask the Lord to forgive you for allowing that to happen. And Jesus says to you today, if you confess your sin, I am faithful and just and righteous to forgive you of your sin and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. Ask the Lord to forgive you for giving her or anyone that place of ownership that belongs only to Him. Secondly, ask the Lord to forgive her. You heard what I said. In your own inner man, take her, your mother, take her in your own inner man in prayer. Take her to the throne of the Lord Jesus right now. And say, Lord, not because I want to or even feel like it. You know my own hurts and inner pains, but Lord, I come before your throne right now and I do it for your sake. I don't do it for mine or even hers. You told me to forgive and I hereby as an act of my will, I forgive my mother for having a place that only belongs to you. For being more expecting than affirming. For all those things I forgive her in the name of Jesus. I want to tell you what's going to begin to happen. When you exercise those two decisions, you're going to begin, you're going to begin to feel released. It may take a while. You're going to begin to feel less weighty. You're going to begin to feel that a barrier of intimacy with the Lord is beginning to move. You're going to begin to see your Father in a more favorable and clear way. 
If your mother is alive, she may not like it that much immediately, but you may also find that a burden may begin to lift from her as well because it's weighty to carry you and to feel responsible for fixing you. If you've sat under my pastorship for very long, you know I don't say words like this very commonly. The Lord revealed that to me in my spirit and required me to share that with somebody here today. And may the Holy Spirit bear witness where he designed that word to go. Would you bow your heads with me? Have you done business with the Lord today? Would you give the Lord thanks and would you bless Him for the mother? that he gave you she wasn't perfect she's not supposed to be would you ask the Lord to remove anything in your own heart that shouldn't be there would you ask him to forgive you and would you give grace to those you should forgive make it a point as the Lord gives you the opportunity and direction to bless the mother that he chose to give you even if you're confused about why would you say to the Lord I know that you are sovereign and almighty and you are working something on the inside of me that you chose to accomplish through the mother you chose for me. Father, bless these mothers today. Oh, Lord, encourage them. Break every, break every bondage of guilt or fear or worry or anxiety. Lord Jesus, renew their hearts. May they cast all the weights they're carrying over on you and that you will sustain them. Lord, grant them the desires of their heart that are in line with your mighty word and will as a loving and gracious and perfect Father. We ask you to grant it, Lord, their heart cries. 
Listen to them when they cry out to you for their children and grandchildren. Give them the desires of their heart. Strengthen them. Give them new strength to continue that assignment you've given them. Oh Lord, would you just breathe a fresh wind of encouragement to every mother in here today. Lord Jesus, may you smile upon them and may they see your love and your grace and your forgiveness. God, remove the clouds of a stern father. Remove all the misconceptions of what you're like in their own inner man and bathe and baptize them with the love and the grace of God poured out in their heart by the Holy Spirit. Father, give them a new sense that they're forgiven and released of every sin and every shortcoming and have a holy assignment. Bless them, O Lord. Bless them mightily. And use us, O oh God, to bless those that you have given us to walk in the earth with. Bless the mothers today who are hurting. Nobody but you can comfort. You're the only comforter sufficient to heal the sword through a mother's heart. Only you can do that. May all of us be carriers of the comfort of the Holy Spirit. Lord, anything that your servant has said or done today that wasn't just the way you wanted it, I ask your forgiveness and I ask you to overrule it. But I ask you to cause to live and abide and do great work those things that you have spoken out of your own heart today. And in the name of Jesus, Lord, thank you for this faith family. You can access more of Steve Franklin's teachings online at www.sfmin.com. Dot com.